0: Uh, hey, how's it going?
1: Hey, I have Rich Ward on the line. How's it going, man?
0: I'm doing well, man. How are you today?
1: Yeah, I'm doing awesome, man. Just uh, hanging down here at the uh, the big gig. And uh, my old guitar tech is now the uh, big guitar tech uh, for Rob Zombie. So I just was hanging around, shooting the breeze and stuff, man. Just glad to had a chance to catch up with you. Hey, everybody. This is Rich Ward from Fozzy, and you are listening to The Interview Show. Horns in the air, baby.
0: my rhythm down brother. You do, you definitely do. All right, welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host, and today I have Rich Ward from the band Fozzy on the Line. How's it going?
1: Awesome, Scott, man. Thank you so much for uh, making the time to chat with me today. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, no worries. I'm excited to chat. For those who don't know, Fozzy is the band that Chris Jericho fronts, and I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about that. Can you talk a little bit about how you guys work together?
1: Yeah, um, I, uh, you know, I, I'm obviously be, because I make records for a living. Um, I, I've been the, the chief songwriter of, of the band and produced the records. And Chris is kind of like the creative director. He, uh, you know, he he really likes. He's a really he's an ideas guy. I mean, he, if you've read his book or if you followed his career as a wrestler, you, you know that he is a he's he's a smart guy, and he, he you know he's he's well. Uh, Long story short, is he has a a background in theater. He uh, he 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 really made a lot of independent films when he was in college, and he's always had an interest in songwriting and lyrics, and and so basically, what he does is he hands me song title ideas or album title ideas or concepts, Um, and and on the new album, he actually wrote complete lyric sheets and just said, interpret this with music, and uh, it's you know there's never been any specific blueprints and how that relationship works other than we just have a great deal of respect for each other and trust for each other and um, and then when we get in the studio and he's singing, um, I try to be as critical and as hard on him as possible without putting myself in physical harm <laughs> 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 yeah we've gotten a couple really good fights, um, verbal uh, moments that I thought this could go ugly because, as a 165 pound uh, little rock guitar player, I- I'm I'm definitely not going to come out on top of any argument. But th- that's the beauty of this relationship is that you know he and I are both so passionate about it. You know, we we when we make records, it's not to it's not to cater towards what's the new trend and in music or what's the new hip direction in the industry. It's really just to make records that we would want to listen to and. And, and from that perspective, it makes it fun, you know, because there is no pressure to, to meet up to anybody's expectations other than ourselves. And, and that, that really is an empowering place to start from.
0: Chris Jericho, obviously big time wrestler. And I was reading today about you, that your ex-wife is also a wrestler. So you are deeply entrenched in the wrestling world.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, I live in Atlanta, Georgia, which is the home of WCW, um, And I got really into training uh, as a way to be a strong, powerful guitar player live. I wanted to be in great shape. I didn't do it to be big and muscular. I did it so that I had agility and I had stamina so that when I play a two-hour set, I don't, at the end of the the fifth song, feel like I'm huffing and puffing. I wanted to be in great shape. So the gym I started training at is a gym uh, in Atlanta called Main Event, which I didn't know at the time was owned by Sting and Lex Luger. And all of the WCW wrestlers trained there because it was only five miles away from the WCW power plant, which was their training facility. So I just became friends with all the wrestlers because they're all a bunch of heavy metal heads. And they all knew my band, Stuck Mojo, and and we just became kind of buddies. And, yeah, did I like wrestling? Of course I did. But, you know, uh, I also love Formula One racing, but I don't hang backstage in the pits, if you know what I'm saying. It'd just be one of those things that just by circumstance I started, you know, building these relationships and friendships. And I met this girl named Daphne and fell in love with her. We got married. And... Then we realized, wow, we probably should have waited longer than five months after meeting each other to get married. I mean, you know, like it's just again, like anything else in life, it's all about a learning lesson. And we're still friends, and and there's no weirdness, but. It's just uh, one of those things where she thought that it would be an awesome, cool thing to marry a guy in a band who tours and makes records. And I thought, man, how cool would it be to be married to a professional wrestler? It all looked great on paper until we moved in together <laughs> after we were married. And it just didn't work out very good. And there was no weirdness. That was the best part about it It was like, well, this didn't really work out, did it? No. Nah. Okay, well, cool. I'll see you later. <laughs>
0: All right, well, thanks for that. You're so frank. Um, do you prefer Chris Jericho more as a good guy or a bad guy?
1: Oh, he's much better as a heel. He's one of my favorite heels ever in the history of wrestling.
0: Nice, nice. Can you do a Chris Jericho impression for us?
1: My favorite is "Come on, baby." <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or he always—he doesn't even realize he used to do it, but he always just ask him, ask him. This is Rich Ward from Fozzie, and you are listening to The Interview Show. Horns in the air, baby. (laughs) Uh, And my weakness uh, is my inability uh, to have patience. Um, I expect things to happen fast, and I I, I have a real hard time uh, dealing with, uh, in a group environment, when things don't go the way that I think they should go. And and a lot of times those expectations will push people to excel and a lot of times they'll push people to want to punch me. So uh, that has been a big struggle for me. And my strength is probably uh, uh, my ability to, to do interviews, maybe. I don't know because my guitar playing is definitely not uh, not in the uh, in the league of the greats.
0: I definitely think you're great at giving interviews and speaking. So, yes, I have to agree with you 100%. <laughs> Thanks, <God>. Scott. <laughs> All right, so Stuck Mojo, you mentioned that a couple of times in the in this interview, and for those who don't know, Stuck Mojo, you guys were a pioneer of the metal rap movement, and you were you inspired a lot of bands that became big in that genre. Now, that genre has come and pass and it's one of those genres that doesn't get a lot of respect in present day music. And I wanted to ask you, as a pioneer, as one of the guys that helped start that genre, why do you think that is?
1: I probably think it doesn't deserve a lot of respect because it was kind of a, a phony movement uh, at a lot of times because you had a lot of these white rock guys who listened to hip hop and they thought it was cool and they were trying to be something that maybe that they weren't. And, I, and I'm not even making a color judgment by saying white. but. There's a cultural thing that hip-hop is, um, and it embodies, uh, you know, a, a lifestyle that is based in life experiences, and you. And it's tough to try to be something that you're not, and I think that a lot of metal fans found that kind of phony. Um, you know, when we started out, Stuck Mojo, was 1989, and we started off because we were influenced by... Uh, lots of different things in metal, but we also thought Faith No More was a killer band. I loved the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, I loved Anthrax and what they did with Run DMC. And I hadn't seen a band that had had done it other than like the the Judgment. I think it was called the Judgment Night soundtrack, where there was a, the, some collaborations with some hip hop guys and some rock bands. But it was just as a as a as a singles for the soundtrack. There hadn't been really a band who had done it. Um, and we, we were a, a heavy metal band who had a black rapper as a front man, and he, he was really well-known in the Atlanta club scene as a hip-hop guy. He didn't really know much about metal, and I didn't know much about hip-hop. We really just, like I talked about earlier, about knowing who you are and playing your position properly and so that the team is best. I didn't try to be in Run DMC, and he didn't try to be in Metallica. We were just kind of a, a a perfect yin and yang to each other, and and it and it just worked. And you know, when we met a lot of these guys along the way, when they were younger bands, and you know, uh, and I, you know, like I said, hey, I'm not making judgments on 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 individuals or these bands, but the movement as it as a movement, I thought that it it just lacked a little bit of credibility, and I think that's why, just like the 80s metal hair, you know, uh, kind of a band thing back in the late 80s died off because it was just kind of, you know, it, it was just kind of marshmallow fluff. It just lacked a little bit of substance and integrity, and I think that's why it died off. And, and uh, again, I, you know, I, I still play with Stuck Mojo, and we still tour because I love the band. I love the songs. I enjoy the touring, and, and it's great. And you're right. The, the, the scene is definitely not what it used to be, but... Uh, you know it's one of those things where you know if you're passionate about doing something if i wanted to start a, a cricket league in atlanta georgia even though no one would come to see cricket because it's a sport that no one in the southeast of the us would care about i just do it because i love it and i'm passionate about it and i do it because it's who i am and instead of being what was trendy and i think that's also part of what killed the rap rock genre as well is that it was a trend and I think by nature people are kind of not into trends, you know, because you know again it's you take a band like Creed, everybody loved Creed until they didn't. Everybody loved Limp Bizkit until they didn't. And it's hard to find someone that will admit that I used that they used to like Limp Bizkit or that they used to like Creed or that they used to like Britney Spears. It's like they sold millions of records and yet you can't find anybody that will admit to actually liking them. And I think that just that's what happens when you become part of a fad or a trend and I it's I, I think it's important to be who you are and uh not worry about what's going on in the world and just uh be able to stand on your own merits yeah, yeah well it's the same thing we uh, uh there's a rapper at Atlanta named Bone Crusher that uh, we did a uh he did a guest vocal on the last Fozzy record he loves rock music but he doesn't really understand it really and and then he tried to put a rock band together but he got some musicians that were kind of like studio guys and that's why Stuck Mojo worked to me because again i wasn't trying to play out of position i wasn't trying to be the flavor flavor of guitars i just was a, a hard rock heavy metal guitar player and our vocalist was just a rapper I'm everybody. This is Rich Ward from Fozzie, and you are listening to The Interview Show. Horns in the air, baby.
0: Nice, nice. All right. As I end the show, I love to have the guest pick a song from their current record and give a little insight into behind the song as we play out to it. So I would love it if you could do that for Chasing the Grail.
2: Yeah, man.
1: Uh, I tell you, one of my favorite songs on the record uh, is Let the Madness Begin. Um, and the, my idea behind the song was to really go for a John Bonham from Led Zeppelin drum approach. The big '70s groove rock drumming. I mean, and even the production, I really worked hard to try to go for that, you know, immigrant song uh, production, big room sound. And I and on the guitar, I really tried to go for that kind of slinky, um, really groovy '70s guitar approach to to the song as well. And and then at the very end of the song, you'll notice that I actually. Uh, there's a guitar solo at the end of it, and it's actually the melody that Robert Plant sings from the Immigrant Song. So it's the,
2: ah,
1: that, so it's, uh, that, uh, that is a, a complete tip of the hat to one of the greatest rock bands of all time.